witchcraft, the occult, extremist beliefs, murder. Tune in to Rogue Darkness each Friday and join host Raven as I uncover horrific crimes committed under the misconceptions and misunderstandings of witchcraft and other belief systems. I'll cover a wide range of crimes involving ritualistic killings and extremist beliefs to cult persuasion and supposed possession. Anything and everything that borders the line of horrifying. There's always three sides to a story. Side A, side B, and then the truth. Let's uncover the truth together and explore the darkness of mankind, one crime at a time. Available wherever you get your podcast fix, simply by searching Rogue Darkness. Raw Truth, stories of female infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster Rebecca Adams and are not based on the advice of a licensed therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Welcome to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Hope everybody's doing well. I cannot believe it is already mid-August. Where is this year going? It's just unbelievable. I'm sure some of you have kids that are already back in school. I don't know about you guys, but our kids here have to wear masks. A lot of the parents are not happy about that. I'm just thankful that I don't have to worry about it because my kids are all grown up and no grandkids, just a grand dog. (laughs) Today's episode, we are going to finish up Piper's story. But before we continue with that, I wanted to share with you some feedback that I received in regards to Susie's episode. And I remember when I recorded it, it was hard for me to really, um, uh, it was just hard to, I don't, deal isn't the right word, but hard to grasp because I felt that this woman was in a bad situation. Um, if you have not listened to that episode, you might want to go back a couple, uh, weeks and look for it. Um, but just a quick synopsis here. Um, her husband had been always looking at porn and, it just was really hard for her. So in a way, she kind of decided to do something on her own, make a little extra money, kind of do it in revenge. And she got uh, involved in doing um, like home videos online with people. Um, And he found out And then as her punishment, he won't let her do anything. He can't, she can't leave unless he knows she couldn't do, I don't know, all these things. But yet 
he could still continue to look at porn, but now he's on dating sites and saying that it's perfectly okay for him to be on dating sites because she had done this. Well, there's always two sides to the story, but she, I believe, is being really, she's in a bad place. Um, and I know it's hard for her just to be able to up and leave. She tried, but yet he was able to get her to come back. So um, I had some people kind of put in their two cents worth. So Susie, if you're listening, um, these are what people think. And a lot of people are concerned about you. So the first one says, and I'm not sure if these are men or women that wrote this. I didn't, um, I didn't put that down. But right here, this first one says, He is being downright abusive emotionally and financially. She might have made a mistake for a couple of weeks, but it was obviously a misguided reaction to his behavior, which he continues. I would say it's time to leave as things could get dangerous. At the very least, they should get professional help. To clarify, I said she made a mistake because displaying herself seems against her nature and she went behind his back, not the act itself. Very well put, yeah. Um, the next uh, feedback comment was, I was wondering if they tried counseling, but I think comparing viewing porn in private and selling videos that can end up anywhere as the owner can do what they want with them is more of a lack of judgment. She did it to hurt him, and when she did that, he goes on to dating profiles to hurt her. It is almost over unless serious intervention, but it seems she can't understand how ticked he is that someone he works with could see one of those videos one day. Her child could be bullied over it. Also, many porn stars start out this way, and I'm sure her hubby is wondering in the back of his head if that's where this was headed. One thing she did not mention that I think is important was his porn affecting their marriage or just her insecurity? Was he jerking to the porn and denying her affection? Heck yeah, she has some pretty good grounds to be upset, but many men and women look at porn, and those spouses may not like it, uh, but they do not react like this and potentially blow up a marriage. I am sure if it does, hubby will control the narrative and likely saved some of those videos. Quote, I... I made a mistake and it did not work, end quote, is not going to be what she will be able to tell people. I tell men and women to think of your actions. And I'm saying that when you cheat or do something like this, think about what uh, you are doing and how it could end my marriage. Is it worth it? Only the person can answer that. I do hope that they get counseling, but she seems more defensive than saying, look, I'm sorry, I'm really screwed up and I want to work things out. So when I got that, I, of course, had to um, comment back because uh, it doesn't matter if, in my opinion, well, let me read <laughs> what I wrote and then I will give you guys my two cents. Um, I wrote, uh, she does beg and when he is taking this and he is taking this disadvantage, I believe in a very controlling way. She doesn't deny that what she did was wrong, wanting to try and get even in a way and maybe make some money. And those were her words. But he refused to look at himself and what porn does to her when he is obsessed with it and took her mistake and blew it up to his advantage. And now she is forever hostage because of his controlling mental abuse 
to her. And, um, I, you know, in the story, yeah, she, she has a lot of remorse for what she did. However, she wasn't necessarily saying that she's comfortable looking at porn. And if a man and a woman who are married and respecting each other agree together to look at porn or do what they're going to do, fine. But if one of those spouses is severely against it, insecure, doesn't like it, makes her or him uncomfortable, then their spouse should respect that. Perhaps they can come up with a compromise. I don't know what that would be, but just because, well, you know, well, you don't want to look at it, but I do. That is not taking into consideration your marital vows and um, what, um, you know, that give and take of a marriage. And so I don't necessarily believe that, well, only this person can do that or that. No, he shouldn't be doing that. And he absolutely should not be taking it to the next level and forever, as I wrote, hostage um, of his controlling mental abuse to her. Um, she feels very, very trapped and, and uh, stuck. Okay, so for the next one, um, they wrote, I would, be, I would have been furious too if my wife made some porn videos, but I don't think I would physically and financially isolate her. That type of behavior too often turns into physical abuse. That was the main point that I was trying to make. And I'm not sure if that was the top one at the beginning, um, if that had to do with that one. But anyways, okay. So from this one was definitely from a woman. I just remember because I remember from um, reading this. She says, Susie, I am so sorry. I have been part of a recovery program for over a year due to my recent emotional affair that nearly destroyed me, my faith, and my marriage. In this recovery program, Celebrate Recovery, I have learned that there is an addiction common among a few women called, quote, toxic relationship addiction. What you are saying about your husband makes me see that he is a narcissist who is playing you like a fiddle. He treats you poorly, controls you, and manipulates you, and brings you down. Then he will be nice, love on you, and make you feel like the love of his life, or that he's the love of your life. This is not healthy for you or your child. I have friends who still struggle with their addiction over their previous man that has done this to them. They go into deep bouts of depression, missing him, and have to be constantly reminded that this man doesn't care or have feelings for them. One friend in particular is now with a very loving and caring man, but she thinks dreams and is depressed, missing the other guy. When she left him, he was already on those apps and having relationships with other women. He had another woman move in the day after she moved out. Here is some advice. Please seek counseling and leave him. He has already shown you that he really doesn't respect you at all and maybe doesn't love you. If he did, he wouldn't have made you into the only made you into the only terrible person in your marriage as he also cheated on you with porn and now dating apps. Please leave. So that is what some people um wrote in after hearing this episode so 
Susie, please keep in touch. Just just let us all know how you're doing and if things are getting better or worse. Um, we're all thinking of you and we want you to be in a happy and a healthy, physically and emotionally, mental state in your life. You have a lot of years left on this earth and you need to make them the best that they can. And it may not be in the situation that you're in. It sounds like you hopefully we'll be able to make decisions that are best for you and your daughter that are the healthiest for you as well but we're all here for you thinking of you and supporting you you've been listening to raw truth stories of female infidelity where women share their stories of why they stepped out on their marriage or relationship but have you ever wondered what the husband or partner has to endure when they find out about the affair It's such a controversial and sensitive subject. It's not as though one just talks about it casually among friends. However, there is a place to hear the betrayed partner's point of view and their side of the story. The wife left before my wife got home, and I felt numb. I couldn't move. I looked like a statue as she drove away. My son snapped me out of it by opening the door and asking me who she was and what she wanted. I told him she was trying to sell me something, more like steal something. My world was stolen in my garage that morning. I went in trying to act normal and failing miserably. I went into autopilot until she got home, ten minutes after I called. I just looked at her with her eyes wild, wondering what happened, and said one word, his name. Then I drove to school to drop off my kids, one in elementary, one in middle. The drive home was the longest drive of my life. My driveway loomed ahead of me, taunting me about a life that was versus a life that is. I'm not trying to sound melodramatic, but honestly, looking at my house when I pulled up, it almost filled me with dread, as if it was haunted. When you subscribe to my Patreon, you get access to these exclusive bonus stories, which also include men's stories of their own infidelity. You will have early access to ad-free episodes and, of course, my blundering blooper reel. Visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com to subscribe. I ask for a $3 a month pledge with your subscription. Perhaps you even have a story you would like to share. Remember, it's always anonymous and always without judgment. Okay, let's move on and continue and complete Piper's story. If you haven't listened to Piper part one, you need to back up two weeks and listen to the first half of the story before continuing on to here because there's a lot of important information in that first half. So pause, go listen and then come back. One day in October, I noticed a guy from college, Evan, had gotten on my Instagram page and liked several of my recent pictures. I thought that was odd, but whatever. Let me mention this. On social media, such as Instagram and Facebook, I never talk about my marriage or how unhappy I was. I just mainly posted pictures of my kids and dog. I'm pretty sure I gave zero mention on how miserable I was. That being said, 
A few days later, I had a friend request on Snapchat from Evan. If you're not familiar with Snapchat, messages and pictures disappear after they've been seen or read. Again, I was perplexed. I thought it over and decided to accept his request. What could he possibly want? I mainly use Snapchat with work friends and post pics of my dog and kids stuff. Anyway, he immediately messaged me when I accepted his request. He had made mention that his kids, older than mine, and my kids were in the exact same activities, obviously different levels. That was discussed for a bit, and then the messaging became more flirtatious. I like how it made me feel. A little background on Evan. As I mentioned above, I was devastated when Joshua, my first love, and I broke up in college. The summer after that breakup, Evan and I had fooled around one night, but that never led to anything. We both graduated from college, and we were just acquaintances on Facebook and Instagram. He was from my hometown and moved back after graduating, and has been very successful in his career with a beautiful family. He seemed to be living his best life. Gotta love social media. Our messaging became more and more frequent and more inappropriate. He mentioned that he often thought about our hookup. We fooled around only. There was no P and V sex in college. He told me he never pursued me because the day after we fooled around, he was approached by Joshua's friends and they told him I was, quote, off limits and not to mess with me again. Joshua and Evan were in the same fraternity, so that was frowned upon. I never heard from him, but I was okay with that. It was just a hookup, and I never thought about it again. Anyway, he mentioned very specific details about what happened when we fooled around that I did not remember, but he had. He made mention several times how he regretted not pursuing a relationship with me. He mentioned how he was also not happy in his marriage, and he was only staying for the kids. He said they never have sex because she is always tired and how he does everything for the kids and their household. He said also that 10 years earlier, his wife had cheated on him. He had been raised by a single mom and didn't want that for his kids, so he stayed. I asked if he had cheated before, and he said once, as revenge. But that girl was young and crazy, and it just happened once. Our messaging continued for weeks. It escalated to sexting fairly quickly, and before long, I was sending him topless pics, and he was sending me dick pics. I absolutely loved the attention. I loved the compliments. He would tell me how hot and sexy I was, how amazed he was at how much I do every day, and he just thought I was amazing. I loved the high it gave me, the butterflies, the secret other life. It was all very titillating. We sexted almost every night, and I loved seeing how hard I made his dick, and I loved telling him how wet he made me. We were spending hours a day messaging. I had already had planned a trip to go see my mom. They live in the same place, and he wanted to meet up. I did too, so we made a plan. I was in town 24 hours before we met up, and our messaging leading up to meeting up was very frequent. 
He was ecstatic to have me so close. At this point in our messaging, we had talked about the hypothetical of me leaving my husband and moving back, him leaving his wife and starting a new life together. We wondered if our kids would like each other and if my kids would like him and vice versa. I wondered what all of our friends from college would say if we got together. It was so fun to talk about all these what-ifs with him, this unrealistic fantasy we both had. I liked the idea of moving back home and starting a new life, but I also knew it would be damn near an impossible task. Evan and I talked about how if we did this, it would be a giant nuclear bomb to our lives and the collateral damage would be outstanding. Not to mention the financial part of it would be so complicated. I was also quick to mention I would not be getting married again. Anyway, I was in town and we were going to meet. The plan was to meet at his office on a Sunday morning. I would tell my mom I was going to go shopping and he was going to say he had to go to work. So, Sunday morning, I got myself together and I drove to his office. He had told me which door to come through and we would meet there. After 20 plus years, we were going to see each other again. I was so nervous. To be honest, I was not that impressed with his appearance. A little chubby, a little puffy, but that didn't matter. We hugged and it felt so amazing being in his arms. We talked a bit how long it had been. That was mind-blowing to me. I still feel really young. But then we began to kiss. Gently at first and then more aggressive and hungry. It's like we both needed this so badly. We began exploring each other's bodies with our hands and clothes began coming off. Before I knew it, we were both naked. His fingers explored my wetness followed by his mouth. My hands felt his massive erection and I just wanted to put him in my mouth, so I did. I proceeded to give him a blowjob, which is not something I regularly did, and I made him come so hard he blew his load over my head onto the closed door. I was impressed with myself with that. We attempted to have sex after that, but after his first orgasm, he lost his erection and it was not going to happen. He attempted to manually make me come, but it wasn't working, and I faked an orgasm. I didn't care. I enjoyed being with him, and we discussed what we would do first the next time we met up. He knew I came to town every six weeks or so. Once we were done fooling around, we got ourselves dressed and sat and talked for an hour. Just getting to know each other a little more. Neither one of us wanted me to leave, but I had to. As soon as I was gone, he messaged me. He wanted to let me know how amazing it was to see me, how embracing me made him feel like he had been released from prison and how he had never come that hard in his life. He also said my pussy was amazing and he couldn't wait to see me and taste me again. We messaged on and off the rest of the day. He said when I left he felt like he wanted to say I love you, but that was crazy. We decided it was more of a lust thing than love. I also felt zero guilt about seeing him. He didn't either. 
The next day, I had to head back to my family. We were going to try and see one another again before I left town, but it just wasn't going to work out. I also wasn't going to be back in town until January, and at this point it was November, and I couldn't wait to see him again. Once back home, our messaging and sexting continued. We knew it was going to become less frequent because I was going out of town with my family. Thanksgiving, he was going out of town with his family. Christmas and me having house guests for three weeks. During this time, we chatted when we could, but we were both very busy. It's just a busy time of year. After Christmas, we messaged again. He was headed back to work after being off for a few weeks, and life was kind of getting back to normal. That Sunday night, we sexted and talked about what we would do when we saw each other again. We were going to get a hotel the next time. We said goodnight, chat soon. The next morning, I was able to see on his Snapchat map, we always kept that feature on so we could see where each other was, that he was at work. We still had company in town, and I had gone out to go shopping. The next time I checked Snapchat, it showed a message as pending. He wasn't on the map, and I couldn't message him. What the fuck? Weeks earlier, I said to him, we are both mature adults here. When you are done with our little affair or whatever it is, don't just ghost me, but just tell me. I'm a big girl. I can handle it. I have just as much to lose as you. I'm not going to blow up your life. Additionally, early on, I had a random follow request on Instagram. It was a teenage girl that his daughter knew that he and another friend from college followed. That panicked me. I let him know. As a safeguard, he unfollowed and unfriended me from Instagram and Facebook. I was fine with that. The fewer things connecting us, the better. That was pretty early on in our relationship, or whatever you call it. So, back to the ghosting. I was devastated. My feelings were so hurt. It wasn't like he was some hot new dude I was going to hook up with, but more of a way out of my marriage and a reason to move back to my hometown. I have always said women don't leave unless they have a backup plan. He was my backup plan. I wasn't going to leave my husband anytime soon, but if and when I did, Evan would be my fallback guy. I think that's what hurts so much. A few days later, I searched for him on Instagram and Facebook. I had always been able to search him up and see his profile pic and cover photo, and he was nowhere to be found. I was so confused and thought, holy shit, he blocked me? I felt so sad. I don't know what exactly the feelings were that I had for him, but this affected me. I felt I didn't have the right to feel sad. I was the cheater other woman. How dare I feel sad? I'm the bad person here. As the days went on and I was researching and looking for anything to make me feel better, that's when I came across your podcast. It was nice to feel not alone. I still was reeling from everything that happened. I was angry. He contacted me. He started this. I was fine living in my unhappy marriage without it getting complicated. Why did he do this? 
These are many of the feelings I had as I processed all of this. About 10 days after the ghosting, I kept my scheduled trip to my hometown to see my mom and my girlfriends. It was just what I needed to help heal my broken heart or ego or whatever it was. I also had the chance to talk to my sister while I was there. She knew something was up with me, but I was never alone to actually discuss. So, I had the chance to fill her in. I knew she wouldn't judge me. She's a great confidant. I was trying to be vague about who it was, but holy shit, she guessed who it was right away. She stated it could only be a handful of people that were worth my time or bother. I mean, let's be honest. I'm not going to potentially bust up my entire life for someone not at least as successful as my husband. She never knew Evan personally, but she knew of him. I told her the whole story about how it started and how it abruptly ended. She did some detective work and we discovered that he had deactivated all of his social media accounts. This led us to believe one of three things happened. Number one, he had a morality check and just stopped cold turkey. Number two, he got caught. Or number three, maybe I am just grasping at straws. Maybe he is just a terrible person, as am I, and this is what he does to women, and I was just dumb and fell for another bad guy, again. When I was talking to her about it, she got the impression that he viewed me as the one who got away. Knowing he deactivated his social media accounts made me feel a little better about things. Then a week later, his accounts were back up, but some stuff had changed. We used to have 30-plus mutual friends, and now it was shaved down to 11. It's all very perplexing. So, here I am, a little over a month since we've last had contact. I really have no one to talk to, and that's lonely. It's helpful to have someone dissect a relationship with you. Helps with closure. I was also really disappointed that we never had sex. I really wanted to have sex with him. He is bigger than my husband, and I was curious about it. What bothers me the most is I will probably never know what happened. How did he know I would be so agreeable to start something up? Why did he decide to contact me? I just have so many questions that will never get answered, and that sucks. I'm not going to attempt to contact him because I don't want to stir up trouble for him or myself. I still think about him every day. I've lost a lot of sleep replaying the events in my head. I try to figure out why I'm so sad. And I think I figured it out because he was my escape. I let my brain imagine a new life back in my hometown, close to my family, close to my friends. If this had continued, I would have eventually done it. But now I don't even have that choice. If I tried to leave my husband, I know he would make my life miserable. He would be super vindictive and try and hurt me as much as possible. My husband has zero clue any of this went on. I will never tell him. I know enough that if I did tell him, it would be to relieve my guilt, not for his own good. Things have gotten a little better, 
I think he sensed something with me had changed, and he is trying. It was never about feeling desired. He always wants sex. It was about showing me some emotion and appreciation. He is making an effort. He knows I've been unhappy, and I think he knows his life would be worse without me. This has also made me take a long look at myself. What is wrong with me? My past certainly plays a role. Am I such an easy target? If the right or wrong person came on to me, would I do it again? I've thought about doing something like Ashley Madison, but where I live is too small and I would certainly get caught. And is it worth blowing up my life? Probably not. I think about Evan a lot. I don't think it will ever go away. I wonder if he will ever contact me again. If he does, what would I do? I speculate a lot about what happened. I wonder if he ever thinks about me. I get mad at him for even stirring this up. So for now, I will just continue on with my bored housewife routine, carrying a bit of sadness in my heart. I will just add him to the list of men who broke my heart and hopefully eventually heal. I'm certainly not the same person I was in early October. This changed me. Maybe I've learned a lesson. Maybe I'm so starved for some kind of affirmation that I'd fall into something like this again if approached. I just don't know. So there it is. My story. I would love any feedback from you or listeners. Wishing you all the best, Piper. Piper, 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 thank you so much for sending in your story. This last part that you wrote about um, him kind of being your your ticket out of there, um, are you a tar- It reminds me of myself so much. As I was reading this, I'm shaking my head saying, did I write this? <laughs> if you um, haven't had a chance, listen to my Rebecca Opens Up uh, Let's Ponder episode. I talk about a situation similar similar to this, the last part of your story about a past affair partner who has resurfaced since my husband died. And, you know, I never thought I'd hear from him. Listen to that. I don't want to take up too much time if... Uh, on here about you. But first of all, I want to tell you that I don't think you or I don't think any of the listeners are going to think that you deserve any of this. I know that you question yourself. Why are you an easy target? Um, you know, those are things I think about myself. And, you know, you didn't go into your marriage with the plan for this to happen. Of course not. But as the years have gone by and you feel as though maybe, I hate to say taken advantage of, but um, being taken for granted by your husband, um, perhaps him not, you know, showing you those things that you need, telling you he's not your friend, he's your husband. I'm sorry, but what the fuck is that about? That's not okay. Your spouse is your partner, your number one, your best friend. You took vows to take care of each other. 
he, and I'm glad to hear that it appears he's, or it's sounding like he's trying to be better, but you were longing for that feeling of being wanted, that feeling of feeling sexy and wanted for you, not just for sex, but for somebody to tell you those things. And like you said, give you those affirmations that make you know you are still a beautiful woman, you are still sexual, and you have desires and needs to be met. Is that a reason to cheat? No. And you know that I don't condone this. But so many times in marriages, when women choose to step out, they find what their husband or partner is not giving them. They don't necessarily want to leave the relationship because they have a family and they love their spouse, but they're not getting fulfilled. And yes, as marriages go on, things become stagnant. It's just that same old boring routine. And yeah, sure, it's exciting. Something new, something fun. So I get it. I don't think there's anything wrong with you. Um, I hope for your marriage that if that is what you want, that your husband continues to make these positive changes and you feel it and you guys are able to re-grow um, that love and, and everything you had um, at the beginning and maybe continue um, healing and, and becoming a better couple for you, your family. Um, keep me posted. If you happen to hear from Evan um, and you find out what happened, like I did on this last episode that I was referring to, it's kind of, it's kind of shocking. So when you do talk with him, it might be a little bit of a holy shit kind of a moment. But, um, you know, just let me know. And just be kind to yourself. It happened. You're questioning whether or not you would do it again. You're not saying, oh, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to go out and do this. I'm going to go fuck this guy. No, you're not. You're stating, yeah, maybe you learned a lesson and maybe you're just starved for this. You need this. So hopefully you and your husband can get that for each other. Or if it doesn't work, you're able to find yourself in a new relationship away from your husband and in a happier situation. Because I always say life is so short. Um, you never know when it's going to change like that. So please do what you can to be happy. And um, hopefully that is with your husband. Um, and like I said, if not, I understand the divorce impact, all of those things. I've been there. My husband absolutely took me to the cleaners for what I did. And I can understand why you'd be scared. But I'm able to look back and know that I saw a side of him that was probably always there. I just maybe made it where it's an ugly head. And I'm glad I don't have to put up with that bullshit. Um, again, not condoning it. But I'm just saying that it's okay should you decide that your marriage isn't going to work and that you need to separate and move on with your life so that you can find what you need to be happy. Thank you again so much for sending in your story. You take care and keep in touch, Piper. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. 
I hope this podcast has been helpful to you. And if you are interested in sharing your story, always know it is anonymous. You can visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com and click on Story Guides. And there you will find an outline to help you form your story for the podcast. While you're visiting my website, feel free to vote for me to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. Visit the merch store in case you're interested in some no-judgment coffee mugs or a tote bag. If you are interested in subscribing to Patreon for those extra episodes and my bloopers, you can also subscribe directly from my website by clicking on Patreon. Also, if you could please rate and review me where you listen to your podcasts, especially on Apple, that would be great, as it will help others find this show. Feel free to email me anytime at rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. Thank you again for all of your support. Please be kind to one another, stay well, stay happy, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. Goodbye.